Hey friends, are you craving connection on a deeper level with high caliber women? Well, I've got the perfect evening for you. If you live in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or want to visit, I invite you to join me for an intimate evening of rich conversation, fabulous food, and new connections. Just send me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com with the subject line, invite me to dinner, and I'll make sure to put you on the list to get all the information. This is happening early 2024, and you'll definitely want to be there. You are listening to episode 22 of the Create What You Crave podcast, the one where you learn what freedom from your derailers really feels like. Welcome to the Create What You Crave podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hey, 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 my friends. How are you? Hey, it is this time again. The weeks are just flying by this summer, right? Have you noticed that? And doesn't summer just feel free to you? We get to wear lighter clothes and walk around in our bare feet, which of course I love. I'm always barefoot in my house and I get to see my pedicure more in the summer. (laughs) These are the little things that I notice, right? I have happy toes. I love that. And, you know, we're free to stay up later because it stays light outside longer. That harkens back to when I was a kid, right? You could stay outside and play later and later. And I catch myself looking at the clock, still in amazement in the evening. I mean, it's like 8.30 and we're just eating dinner. You know, how did that happen? (laughs) We're a little freer from the constraints we put on ourselves in the summer, aren't we? And I really love that. And it ties into our theme this month around independence and freedom. This week is part three of a four-part series. And if you miss part one and two, be sure to go back and listen to them, okay? But before we dive in, I want to give you a heads up on something I'm working on right now that I am super excited about. I'm creating an opportunity to work with me in an intimate group that will meet weekly starting this fall, probably around October. It's for high-achieving women focused on their growth and their impact who want to lift other women up as they go. And I am super excited to offer this because it's going to give you an opportunity to work with me and meet other women exactly like you in a setting that is confidential, safe, and power-packed. So if you want to get on the list to hear more about this, please send me an email at info at barbarachurchill.com. Okay? Info at barbarachurchill.com. It's going to be epic, you guys. It's going to be so amazing. All right. So today I want to talk about the freedom that comes from really understanding the four derailers and remember what those are. Perfection, proving, procrastination, and people-pleasing. And I'm going to talk about learning how to manage the messages from each because that's really where the other piece of freedom comes from, right? And if you are new to my podcast and are wondering what the heck are derailers, let me quickly explain. We all have a human brain and it's programmed for safety and to be on high alert for danger. Its evolution over the years has created what I call the four derailers. And whether you have one, all, or a combo platter of them, when you believe their messages, you are derailed from achieving your dreams. So let's start with perfection, okay? So many of my clients tell me they are perfectionists and some of them wear that like a badge of honor. 
They think striving for perfection brings the best out in people and creates amazing results. But does it really? I would say a big fat no. And here's why. Perfection is all about fear. Fear of failure, fear of not being good enough, fear of looking bad or less than or not expert enough. And when you show up in the world from that place, you're already stressed out. It's not about excellence, which people confuse with perfection. So, of course, you know me. I go to the Google and I have a question. So, what does Google say about excellence? It's the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Isn't that, I mean, just listen to that. The quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Notice perfection is nowhere to be found in that statement. Our society pushes this idea of perfection every single day. Just notice the commercials on TV, right? Perfect complexions, perfect shiny hair, perfect wine pairings and table settings, perfect scores in the Olympics. Okay, so this last one I need to rant on for just a minute. Bear with me, all right? In the last Summer Olympics, Simone Biles competed in gymnastics. You know, this is not news, right? I mean, everybody watched it. Everybody knew it. I watched because I'm such a fan of that sport. And I just marvel at how they can get their bodies to do all of those flips and twists and they still land on their feet. There was so much external pressure on her to be perfect, to get that 10, to win everything. And I can only imagine how much internal pressure she put on herself. It got to be just too much for her. And she made the courageous decision to withdraw from a few events because she didn't have the right mindset. Not being in the right headspace can literally be dangerous and and almost life-threatening if you're a gymnast. I mean, think about that. And as I listened to the announcers talk about her and the scores that she would need to win it all, I was so irritated. So if an athlete gets a 975, that's not good enough. Or how about just like making the team? Do we always have to come in first? Isn't silver and bronze okay too? I mean, we have set the bar so high, it's impossible to reach it or we kill ourselves trying, right? I was just so proud of her for doing what she knew was best for her and not succumbing to the pressures that surrounded her. I mean, what a true professional. So, all right, back to topic. Understanding perfection. And where it comes from makes it easier to decide if you want to believe the messages your brain is supplying. You get to decide whether you want to continue to strive for something that doesn't even exist in humans or strive to do your best. And isn't that really all you can ever ask of yourself to do your best? So perfection versus excellence, my friends. It's so freeing to know which one to choose, right? All right. So now on to proving. And this is all about overworking to prove your value. Or maybe you've got a lot of degrees or letters behind your name. So you're proving that you're an expert or at the very least, very knowledgeable. Proving leads to burnout. You got to trust me on this because I've done it twice. (laughs) Yes, I am a total overachiever, even in burnout. (laughs) Proving is like the concept of the good student. Okay, study hard, do well on the test, get a good grade, lather, rinse, repeat. Again, it's about thinking that you don't know enough. So you have to prove you do by getting stellar grades, or you overwork to prove that you have value in the workplace. You spend long hours working, either in the office or remotely, 
and work into the evening. Rarely do you take a vacation or a long weekend without bringing work with you. You feel your job depends on proving that you are good at what you do, so you get to keep your job or be noticed for a promotion. You believe those who make those decisions will notice you. And here's my PS on that. They're not going to. They're just going to keep piling it on. You have to blow your own horn. Now, notice I didn't say toot. You got to be loud and proud, my friend. Make yourself be seen to those people in charge of promotions. So to get out of prover energy, remember how much you already know. Make a list of your accomplishments in the last year and allow yourself to be amazed. And then go back the next year and the next year. Don't be stingy on this list either. Nothing is too small to get noticed. You don't need another course or certification or degree. You really don't. What you need is to focus on all that you already know and utilize that in the work that you do. Integrate that learning rather than storing it in your brain or in a binder that you're never going to look at, right? Okay, next up, procrastination. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm an expert on this one topic, okay? (laughs) I know this one so well. If I'm being totally candid, I've struggled with this my entire life and I've used it to beat myself up. I truly have. So if you're a procrastinator, please, please, please be kind to yourself. This isn't a statement of how professional you are. It's not about if you're good at what you do or anything like that, right? It's only about avoiding things. And it certainly doesn't have anything to do with your value or your intelligence or your capabilities. Procrastination is about avoiding the discomfort your brain says that you're going to feel when you do a certain task. So you put it off and you fill your time with something less important and easier to do, or so your brain wants you to believe. Procrastination and perfection are best buds. They go hand in hand. I want you to think about that. You procrastinate because there's something you have to do or create that you want to be perfect and you're not sure you can do it perfectly. So You don't want to feel the discomfort of disappointment or even shame. So you derail yourself and you go do something else. Or you have to have a difficult conversation and you cringe at the thought of it. Maybe you have to fire somebody, right? It's just so uncomfortable or so your brain wants you to believe. Now, some of you will tell me that you procrastinate because you work well under pressure. And that's not the same as procrastination. Deadlines are great if they work for you and you know how to manage the project. So making, you know, you make sure that everything's on your calendar, your tasks are done well in advance so you can meet that deadline. Procrastination is pulling an all-nighter in college, right? Cramming for that test or working a ton of hours three days before a big project is due. And this doesn't just affect you. If you lead a team or you work on a team, it seeps into that world too. Everyone has their hair on fire because the deadline is looming. It's not a fun way to spend your time. And it's certainly not a great way to inspire creativity. So here's the thing about procrastination. You're trying to avoid the discomfort that comes with doing a certain thing. But you already are feeling discomfort because you're procrastinating. The discomfort is already there. It's such a vicious cycle. So notice when you're putting things off, ask yourself why and be honest, make a deal with yourself, do a portion of the task and then reward yourself with something, right? 
go outside, take a 10 minute walk, shake it off, get, you know, new energy or eat a really good piece of char- chocolate. Right. I mean, that's what I do. I eat dark chocolate. <laughs> that's my, that's my reward. You want to break this habit. That's my point. So you want to break this procrastination habit and to do that. You have to change your state. So get up, do something. And this is going to take time. So just start small. Don't expect yourself to just stop this habit you've had probably your whole life. Understanding where procrastination comes from and the why behind it is so freeing. You'll feel lighter when you don't carry the weight of that thing around your neck. It's not a defect of character. It's just your brain trying to protect you from feeling discomfort. So choose feeling self-pride over avoidance and watch your self-confidence muscle grow. And lastly, we have people-pleasing. Now, since the dawn of time, women have been raised to believe that it's their job to take care of everyone and make people happy. Like it's our job to do so. And if someone isn't happy, then it's our fault. What a load of BS, right? I mean, we don't have any control over whether someone is happy or not. We don't have any control over whether someone is sad or not. And they don't have any control over our feelings either. People are in charge of their own thoughts and feelings, yet we've been brought up to believe the opposite. So what do you make it mean when you feel compelled to please others? What is that all about? Is it about, will they like you? Will you avoid conflict if you give in? Are you abdicating your own ideas or opinions in order to keep the peace or because you don't want to disappoint them? I have a client I'm working with right now who focuses on people pleasing, on what other people think, and she tries to predict it. So she knows what she should do, how she should show up, and she is exhausted. There's a lot of ping pong thinking in her head and a ton of wasted time ruminating on this. This has become a habit. And I'm sure, you know, it was useful to her at some point in her early childhood years, but of course, now it no longer serves her. And I encourage her to ask herself, is my brain being reliable right now? And when she's in that state of needing others to like or agree or buy from her, she pauses and checks in with herself. And isn't that the best question ever? Totally blows my mind. I'm working with a coach right now on some trauma stuff. Her name is Karen Anderson. And I'm not kidding you. She said, ask your body, ask your body, is my body being reliable right now? And I use that when my body goes into a trauma response and I'm triggered and I feel that instant fear. I ask myself that question. And of course the answer is no, because I'm sitting in my office reading an email, right? I mean, I'm totally safe. There's no threat, but it's such a great question. Is my body being reliable right now? Is my brain being reliable right now? So focusing on how others might think or what they might do and creating several scenarios isn't empowering at all and totally negates any creativity or authenticity you might have to share. It also may put you in a state of fight, flight, or freeze, right? So instead of trying to predict this, have the dang conversation. Ask them what they want or what they need. Then share your ideas and thoughts, right? I mean, you could say something like, hey, you know what? That sounds like a possibility. And here's what I was thinking. And then if you're super passionate about that, sell the heck out of it. Start the conversation. Show what you have to offer. It's not a conflict. It's just another idea. You know, it's a perception or it's a strategy. It adds value to the conversation and never takes away from it. 
begin inserting your ideas, your thoughts and feelings into situations where you normally wouldn't. Let go of people-pleasing. Start to look for approval and acceptance from yourself, my friends. So I offer you this. How much time are you spending worrying about what other people think about you or trying to control what they think about you and what their impressions of you are? We can't. We can't control that. Logically, we know this, and yet we spend enormous amounts of time trying to. Perfection, proving, and people-pleasing is all about that. Procrastination has to do with what you think about yourself. How come you're not spending more time thinking about what your thoughts are about yourself? Because that's the only thing you can control. And when you're coming from a space of punishing yourself, weaponizing your words against yourself, and feeling like shit, you're not going to show up in the way that you know you can or the way that you want. When you spend more time thinking about what you think about yourself, changing that story, that narrative from the critical narrator to that inner wisdom that we all have, then watch the difference and how it impacts your behavior and the actions you take. You'll notice your own brilliance, what you do have to offer. You'll embody the executive presence that you need to influence and lead. The freedom to be the real you. The independence of your own thinking rather than those old habitual thoughts that just don't serve you. What would that feel like? I would love to hear from you on this. So leave a comment on the podcast or email me at info at barbarachurchill.com. And if you know you're ready to stop wasting time being in your head and start changing how you show up, then let's hop on a call. Let's hop on one of my discovery calls together, okay? The link to schedule that is in the show notes. So until next time, my friend, remember, I believe in you. Hey, if you love this episode and want to dive deeper into what's possible for you, I invite you to schedule a call with me where we can discuss what it takes to get out from under the weight of self-doubt and step into the real you unapologetically. It's simple. Just visit barbarachurchill.com to book your complimentary call now. Remember, subscribe and review this podcast because I really want to hear from you. I'll see you soon. Oh, 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 oh